Beyond Access Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by Bridge Bank. Be bold, venture wisely. I'm Dan Vermack. On today's show, which may sound a little bit different because we're taping without our regular studio, what Google really told President Trump and one merger that might be helped by the coronavirus outbreak. The first, prisons as petri dishes. Now, all of us have spent the past weekend reconfiguring our lives, particularly as offices and schools and restaurants shut down. Social distancing is the new national buzzword, and we're all trying to avoid unintentionally infecting each other with coronavirus, which could lead to overwhelmed hospitals and other medical facilities. But for some people, staying at home, at least as most of us understand it, isn't much of an option. And I'm not talking about folks who need to work on-site jobs to make ends meet. This is about prisons and detention centers. So far, there are no confirmed coronavirus cases in either prisons or detention centers. But like with the rest of America, that may be less about good luck and more about our lack of widespread testing availability. Already, some states and federal agencies are taking steps to keep coronavirus out of prisons, things like temporary bans on outside visitors. But that doesn't stem the tide of outsiders, folks like guards and medical personnel who walk in and out of those walls every day, possibly infected, but asymptomatic. Some countries, like Iran, have responded with widespread temporary prisoner releases. That seems unlikely in America, but a few days ago, so did closing all bars and restaurants. What's unimaginable on Monday may not be so on Tuesday. In 20 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios reporter Steph Kite. But first, this. Bridgebank believes in the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors, those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. That's why Bridgebank has been dedicated to providing financial solutions to sponsor-backed emerging technology and growth companies for nearly two decades through its national network of banking teams and offices. Bridgebank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridgebank, be bold, venture wisely. The health officials you've spoken with, do they believe coronavirus is likely already spread inside of institutions like prisons and migrant detention centers? Well, they're not sure if the coronavirus has spread into these institutions just yet. The people I spoke to were pretty confident that in areas where we're seeing the spread of the coronavirus across the country, where there's been spread outside of prison walls, they're pretty confident that it will also spread inside prison walls, which could be extremely dangerous just because of a whole host of systemic issues. Um, within prisons and detention centers. So talk to me a little bit about those systemic issues, because I, I think some people at heart might think, well, everyone can just physically stay in their cells. They're almost uh, required to be socially distanced, or at least it's easier to do, right, when you actually have walls and bars. Why are prison populations particularly susceptible to a virus or something like this to spread throughout the facility? Well, well of course, as you pointed out, people within prison cells and immigration detention centers are you know, distanced from the rest of society. There actually is a lot of close contact within those walls, both between prisoners and also with the workers, with prison guards who are coming from the outside and working there. So that's one of the risks there for sure. The other issue is that these places are often unsanitary. A lot of jails and prisons and detention centers are not known for having clean spaces or even having an easy way for the people being held there to be clean themselves. Oftentimes, there aren't even adequate ways of washing your hands. One of the experts told me that even hand sanitizer is considered contraband because it has alcohol. So just creating an environment where prisoners and immigrants in detention are able to stay clean and to avoid contact with others is actually very difficult. You also write that the incarcerated population is seeing a rise in elderly prisoners. Is that right? Because obviously it's the elderly who are most susceptible to getting the sickest in this. 
Exactly. So not only is there this unsanitary close quarter situation, but also if you look at the demographics of our incarcerated population, there's a huge percentage of people who are elderly. People are growing old and even dying in prisons. This is like a, a common issue that's been growing over the past several years. And so they're also more susceptible for having really bad symptoms and actually dying from this disease. That's one of the other issues that the experts pointed out. And many of the people behind bars have underlying health issues as well. A couple of states have put a hold on prison visitations, right? But that's not national yet. And is that at the federal level in terms of federal penitentiaries as well? Yes, the federal government just announced on Friday that they would be stopping visits to see prisoners who are in federal prisons in an effort to prevent contact from the outside with inside prisons and to prevent the spread of the coronavirus within our prisons. You know, Steph, obviously so much of the talk over the last uh, week or so has been about the, the national uh, lack of tests or and lack of organized testing. Is it fair to say that the, the same thing is, is impacting uh, prisons? And particularly, I'm thinking of migrant detention centers. You know, if folks are getting kind of grabbed at the border and put in a migrant detention center, is there any actual screening right now, let alone actual coronavirus testing to make sure that they're not putting somebody in with general population who's going to get everybody sick and, and then cause kind of a disaster. I did reach out to ICE to ask that exact question. What policies are in place right now to ensure that there's some type of screening? And they do have some health screening that they're doing when they're getting new migrants who have crossed the border and they're putting them into the long-term detention facilities that ICE oversees. So they do have that. They are working with other agencies to ensure that they get people tested if they're showing any symptoms. As of last week, they had had for people who were showing some types of symptoms enough that they actually got them tested, but there have been no confirmed cases as of the last time I spoke to officials. You know, at some point, if prisons get put on lockdown or there's kind of large numbers of people in solitary confinement, or say if attorneys aren't, you know, you talk about visitors, you know, attorneys are visitors to a certain extent. Are there kind of civil rights implications here if indeed there's an outbreak inside a prison and, and everybody basically gets put in their cells with doors closed? There certainly are human rights issues if we do head towards a lockdown in some of these prisons. There's also health issues as well. That was something that I found really interesting in my conversations with experts who said that, you know, oftentimes within the U.S. prison system, we turn toward punitive measures to fix health issues. Actually, lots of complicated reasons why it could actually make everything worse. Even if people are in solitary confinement and in their own cells, there's still actually a lot of contact between prison guards and those prisoners, even while they're in solitary confinement, which could just exacerbate the spread of something like coronavirus. Final question for you, and this is kind of a, maybe more a political question than anything else. There has been talk that if there becomes spread inside of a facility or concerns of spread inside a facility, possible temporary release of prisoners. Uh, you've heard about this in Ohio. You've seen it done in certain countries outside the United States. Is that, from your perspective, and again, this is just kind of spitballing, is that politically palatable? In other words, would people go nuts if prisoners were released for this reason? I think it'd be a very difficult thing to do, very dependent on the state, of course. You know, of course, President Trump has talked about how he, you know, is the president who has gotten criminal justice reform done, but those measures have not been on the side of letting people out earlier. And I think it would be very difficult for someone who has been so tough on crime and has really endorsed immigration detention to a great extent throughout his presidency. I can't imagine that fitting with that platform that Trump has touted. But again, it'll depend on the local level and the state level, whether people start experimenting with something like this. Steph Kite of Axios, thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you. My final two right after this. With offices and tech hubs throughout the country, including San Francisco, Boston, and Atlanta, and new offices in Seattle, Denver, and Chicago, BridgeBank continues to meet the innovation ecosystem wherever it thrives. And through its teams focused on technology and life sciences companies and the equity investors who fuel them, BridgeBank delivers a responsive, high-touch client experience. BridgeBank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Now it's time for my final two. And first it was President Trump, who said this on Friday during a White House press conference. I want to thank Google. Google is helping to develop a website. It's going to be very quickly done, unlike websites of the past, to determine whether a test is warranted and to facilitate testing at a nearby convenient location. Google has uh, 1,700 engineers working on this right now. But that's just not true. As Axios' Ina Freed reports, the claim blindsided Google because Google was doing no such thing. The reality is that Verily, a unit of Google parent company Alphabet, is ramping up a pilot project that sounds a bit like what Trump said, but initially will only work in the San Francisco Bay Area. Google, for its part, is working to launch a new national information portal about coronavirus, but much less personalized and localized. And finally this morning, there is Air Liquide, a French company that recently decided to sell off its Schulke unit, which makes such things as hand sanitizing liquids and hospital disinfectants. The original asking price back in January was around 1 billion euros. But as you might imagine, expectations now are that there will be a bidding war that goes much, much higher. But this isn't just about short-term profiteering. Here's how the Financial Times reports it. Quote, the coronavirus premium is less linked to the sudden uptick in demand for Schulte's products during the coronavirus outbreak than to a long-term forecast of a rise in sales as consumers and companies become more hygiene conscious even after the pandemic subsides. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven. Have a great National Corn Dog Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.